I'll be talking about the Golden Globe winning film, The Banshees of Inner Sharon, our actor of the week, Brendan Fraser, and the buzz in Hollywood over the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice Award winners. So let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of Film Folly. I'm Amanda Rose, and I'm so happy you are joining me once again. I hope you all are doing well and getting through the winter months so far. It feels like we should be starting spring already, but unfortunately, winter will be sticking around for a little while longer. So it's time to get cozy, make some hearty food, and watch some great movies. Our feature film this week is The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, with actors Colin Farrell playing the part as Porrick, Brendan Gleeson as Colm, and Carrie Condon playing Siobhan, who is Colin Farrell's sister in the movie. The film takes place in April 1923 on an island off the coast of Ireland. The opening scene shows beautiful sweeping scenes of an Irish island countryside. There's a rainbow in the background as Colin Farrell's character, Porrick, walks through the town. The rainbow definitely signifies his current state of blissful happiness, which will be a sharp contrast to the remainder of the film. We're shown that Porrick lives with his sister in their small country home where they raise several farm animals and his beloved miniature donkey. As with any day, Porrick goes to get his friend Colm, so they can go to the pub to chat and have some laughs. For some reason, this time around, Colm ignores him altogether and then goes to the pub on his own. He tells Porrick not to sit by him. Porrick asks if he has done or said anything to Colm to upset him, and Colm says no. He hasn't done anything, but that he doesn't like Porrick anymore. Porek is tortured of the thought that his friend suddenly no longer likes him at all. He can't understand why, and Colm doesn't give him a reason and continues to be tortured by the question, why? Porek tries to continue to be Colm's friend, but Colm avoids him at every turn. Later, they see each other at the pub, and Colm finally explains that he has felt a sense of time slipping away, and he feels like the time he has left would be better spent doing other things like writing music than listening to Pork's dull talk and complaints. Pork asks if he's dying, and Colm says no. He just doesn't have the time for aimless chatting. Colm wants something meaningful to come out of his life instead of wasting time chatting. Colm claims none of Pork's conversations really add anything to his life. Pork walks home upset and sees his sister on the way to the pub 
where he was supposed to meet him to have a sharing. She asks him what is wrong and why he is clearly upset, and Porik says he's not in the mood to drink with her. Siobhan angrily goes to the pub and confronts Colm and demands to know what is going on. Colm says Porik is dull and he doesn't have any room in his life for dullness. Siobhan is surprised and says Porik has always been dull. What has changed? Colm explains he has changed and reiterates that he doesn't have a place for dullness. Siobhan says... But you live on an island off the coast of Ireland. What the hell are you hoping for? Colm replies, for a bit of peace in my heart. Later in the film, as Pork tries to move on with his daily life, he goes to the main town on the island to sell his milk from his animals to the grocers. He runs into the town police officer and still in a sad yet angry mood from Colm, Pork knowing the police officer abuses his own son, makes a slide comment to him about it. Porik gets punched badly in the face a couple of times from the police officer outside after leaving the grocers. Colm just so happens to be walking up into the town and sees the whole ordeal. And despite the fact that Colm no longer wants to be friends with Porik, he ends up helping him up to his feet and helps Pork drive the cart back towards his house. Pork is emotionally overwhelmed and starts to cry. Then Colm hands him the reins and leaves Pork without a word to drive the remainder of the way home by himself. Later, Pork sees Colm having a pint and chatting with the very police officer that punched him, and he becomes distraught and starts to drink heavily. He becomes more and more angry as he drinks and ends up confronting Colm in front of everyone at the bar. Pork says, Colm used to be nice, but he isn't anymore. Colm replies, no one remembers niceness in history. People who make music and poetry are remembered, but no one is remembered in history for being nice. Pork says he remembers everyone in his life that is nice to him. Then he says to Colm, oh God, maybe you were never nice. Colm gets fed up with Pork attempting to talk to him over and over again. So Colm threatens to cut off his fingers one by one every time he talks to him from then on. This is frightening and devastating, but I think Pork feels as though Colm won't actually do it because then that would totally defeat the purpose of Colm wanting to leave his mark on the world by making music. You can't make music without fingers. I think Pork begins to realize he really doesn't have much in his life, and that's why he can't seem to accept the fact that Colm doesn't want to be friends anymore. That's the reason he can't seem to keep himself from trying. Later, Colm actually ends up cutting off his finger and throws it at Porik's front door. What the fuck is wrong with him <laughs> is my reaction. And if you think that is crazy, Colm ends up cutting off four more fingers later and throws them all at Porik's front door. His miniature donkey tries to eat the fingers and chokes to death, literally dies. There are numerous dark humor undertones to the film, and this, being so over-the-top ridiculous yet horrifying at the same time, it comes off as humorous. You can't help but laugh because it's so crazy. 
Throughout the film, we also see that Pork's sister, Siobhan, is also going through some of her own decisions in life. We get the sense that she feels unhappy and unfulfilled. You can see it's a tough decision she makes, but she decides to leave the island after finding out she has been offered a librarian position. After Pork's sister leaves for her new job in mainland Ireland, that is when Pork finds his donkey dead from choking to death on Colm's severed fingers. Another dark comedy moment. It's so horrible, it's funny. Pork is so distraught over his sister moving away, his cherished donkey dying, the mental anguish he has gone through over Colm, and the fact that he seems to be faced with being completely alone. He declares a rivalry and tells Colm he will be coming over to his house at 2 p.m. on Sunday to burn his home down, with or without him in it. He asks that Colm leaves his dog outside so as not to harm the innocent animal. With anger and a deep sadness, Pork does indeed set his house on fire. But even though he said he wouldn't, after setting the house on fire, he looks through the window to see if Colm decided to stay inside. Pork sees Colm is indeed within the home, and with a heart that's been hardened, Pork walks away with the house ablaze. There seems to be an intense loneliness now in Pork, a despair and bitterness that has now made its home in his heart. Surprisingly, Pork finds Colm at the beach not having burned down in his home. Colm apologizes for having accidentally killed his donkey and says, because the house is burned down, they are now even. But Pork looks intensely at Colm with pause and says, it would only be even if you burned in the house. Pork has lost the sense of niceness he talked about in the beginning of the film and is hardened. Surprisingly, in this moment, Colm tries to make conversation with Pork, and you get the sense that Colm now finds Pork interesting and no longer dull. Personally, I feel a sense of sadness in the fact that niceness or kindness is interpreted as being dull and someone is only interesting if they are extreme and mean-spirited. But one could also interpret Colm's sudden change in attitude towards Pork because Maybe Pork now appears to have a new layer to his personality through suffering, unfortunately, that appeals to Colm a little bit more. However, to me, it just seems so cruel and narcissistic to break someone only to inject suffering so that now they seem more appealing to you. To Colm, friendship seems to be all about rigid conditional requirements that only serve him. Additional themes in the film explores the idea of how we can change over time. We've all had friendships that have faded over time or just don't feel the same as they used to. The dynamic that once was there between friends doesn't seem to be there anymore. That can be a heart-wrenching thing, especially if the friendship has been very important to you in your youth or in your adult life. It leaves you with a sense of loneliness and in a way, grief. I think that is what Pork is feeling and why he pushes so hard to try and get that relationship back. Because he is now discovering how important it was to him. Like, he doesn't know how he is without it. Or he doesn't want to face himself without the distraction of others such as Colm or his sister. 
This is an exploration of how relationships can change you, and sometimes not for the better. A standout scene for me was the moment Porrick and Colm are having beers outside the pub, and Colm finally explains to Porrick why he doesn't want to be friends anymore. Colm says that Porrick's conversation and friendship doesn't add any value to his life, and that's the reason why he doesn't want to be friends with Porrick anymore. Porrick seems shocked and dumbfounded. Hearing someone say, in essence, you're a waste of a human being and aren't worth knowing has to be incredibly hurtful to one's core. That must put him in a state of thinking about his own life and what meaning he is getting out of it. In the beginning of the film, Pork seems like a person who doesn't think too deeply about things, but this situation has forced him to reevaluate himself and the meaning he is getting out of his own life. This film is very deep and has a lot of layers to it. I've talked about scenes within this movie that fit the topics that resonate with me the most, but there's so many other layers to this film and other scenes that were impactful that I just didn't get into here. I think that is why this film is such a success because it has so much emotional depth and layers to what is going on within it. It has an art house feel, which some people absolutely love and others don't, but I liked it very, very much. And it's just incredibly acted as well. If you watch The Banshees of Inner Sheeran and would like to touch on other themes explored in the film that I didn't cover, let me know and why they were so memorable for you. Send me a voice memo or email to filmfollypodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. For this week's pick, we have actor of the week, Brendan Fraser. Brendan James Fraser is an American Canadian actor born December 3rd, 1968. Fraser, the youngest of four boys, was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, the son of Canadian parents. His mother was a sales counselor, and his father was a former journalist who worked as a Canadian Foreign Service officer for the Government Office of Tourism. After graduating from Seattle's Cornish College of Arts in 1990, he began acting at a small acting college in New York City. He planned on studying towards a Master of Fine Arts in Acting from Southern Methodist University, but stopped in Hollywood on the way and decided to remain there to start his film career. Shortly after arriving in Los Angeles, Frazier met actress Afton Smith while attending a barbecue at Winona Ryder's house on July 4, 1993. They married on September 27, 1998 and had three sons. Frazier had his breakthrough in 1992 with the comedy Encino Man and the drama School Ties. He gained further prominence for his starring role in George of the Jungle, released in 1997, and emerged a star playing Rick O'Connell in the Mummy trilogy from 1999 to 2008. He took on dramatic roles in Gods and Monsters in 1998, The Quiet American, out in 2002, Crash in 2004, and further fantasy roles in Bedazzled, which was out in 2000, and Journey to the Center of the Earth in 2008. In December 2007, Fraser's publicist announced that Brendan and his wife Afton had decided to divorce. The divorce sounds like it was pretty rough, with several court disputes about alimony. 
Fraser's film work slowed from the late 2000s to mid-2010s. The physical demands of stunts and maneuvers Fraser performed in his action and comedy roles eventually required him to undergo several surgeries over a period of seven years, including a partial knee replacement, a laminectomy, and vocal cord surgery. In 2018, Fraser said that he had been sexually assaulted by Philip Burke, the then president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the nonprofit organization that votes for the Golden Globe Awards. The alleged assault, his subsequent divorce, and the death of his mother launched Fraser into a depression that, combined with his health problems, led to a pause in his career. Several publications and social media users interpreted that Fraser was blacklisted from Hollywood because of his accusation against Burke, which Burke denies. In the 2018 GQ piece where Fraser first publicly made the allegation, he said, quote, "The phone does stop ringing in your career and you start to ask why. There's many reasons, but was this incident one of them? I think it was." End quote. In contrast, Fraser also clarified in his 2019 appearance on the radio show Sway in the Morning, quote, I don't think the Hollywood-born press association really wields that much power, end quote. In 2022, Fraser told GQ that if he receives a nomination by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association for his latest film, The Whale, he will not participate because of the history he's had with the organization. Fraser did end up receiving a nomination and did not attend the event. Brendan branched into television roles with the history miniseries Texas Rising in 2015, the Showtime drama The Affair from 2016 to 2017, the FX series Trust, which was released in 2018, and the HBO Max DC Universe series Doom Patrol, which was out in 2019 to present. Frazier's film career was revitalized by appearances in major films such as No Sudden Move, which was released in 2021, and The Whale, which was out in 2022. Brendan has been nominated for several acting awards for his powerful performance in The Whale, including a Golden Globe nomination, as stated previously, and won the Critics' Choice Movie Award for Best Actor. As of February 2018, Fraser lives in Bradford, New York, in Westchester County. Some fun facts about Brendan. He speaks French and serves on the board of directors for the Film Aid International. He's an accomplished amateur photographer and has used several instant cameras in movies and on TV shows, most notably on his guest roles on Scrubs. In his first appearance on Scrubs, he used a Polaroid pack film. And on his second appearance, he used a Holga with a Polaroid back, a Japanese-only model. Due to his fondness for instant cameras and his creativity with them, the book Collector's Guide to Instant Cameras has a dedication to Fraser in it. He's also an accomplished amateur archer. Since 2018, Fraser has been a celebrity judge on the Dancing Stars of Green Witches annual charity gala, which raises money for the nonprofit organization Abolis, a local charity which supports more than 800 individuals and their families with disabilities in Fairfield County, Connecticut. His former wife, Afton Fraser, also takes part in the dance competition. 
in 2022, Afton and Brendan Fraser received the Heart of Abilis Award for their support and fundraising work for the charity. Many well wishes to Brendan Fraser and continue good luck to him during these award seasons and with his recent Oscar nomination. And speaking of award season, now it's time for Hollywood news. For this week's segment, I'll be going over the winners for the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice Awards. The Oscar ceremony won't be until March 12th, but they've just announced the nominations and we'll be going over those next week. But for now, let's hear about the winners for the Golden Globes. For the 80th annual Golden Globe ceremony, released on January 10th, we have, for film, Best Motion Picture in a Drama, the winner was The Fablemans. Best Motion Picture for a Musical or Comedy, winner, The Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Best Motion Picture for Non-English Language, Argentina, 1985. Best Animated Motion Picture, winner, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Best Director in a Motion Picture, Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans. Best Screenplay in a Motion Picture, Martin McDonough, The Banshees of Inner Sharon. Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama, Austin Butler in Elvis. Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, Kate Blanchett in Tar. Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Inner Sharon. Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, Michelle Yeoh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture is Kehu Kwan, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Best Original Motion Picture Score, Justin Hurwitz, Babylon. Best Original Song for a Motion Picture, Natu Natu by M.M. Kiravani, Kala Bahirava, Raul Ziplingunj from RRR. Best Television Series in a Musical or Comedy, Winner, Abbott Elementary. Best Television Series in a Drama, House of the Dragon. Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series, Kevin Costner in Yellowstone. Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Series Drama, Zendaya in Euphoria. Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Series, Musical or Comedy, Quinta Brunson in Abbott Elementary. Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series, Musical or Comedy, Jeremy Allen White in The Bear. Best Performance by Supporting Actor in a Television Series, Tyler James Williams, Abbott Elementary. Best Performance by Supporting Actress in a Television Series, Julia Garner in Ozark. Best Television Limited Series or Motion Picture Made for Television, The White Lotus. Best Performance by an Actor in a Limited Series or Motion Picture Made for Television, Evan Peters, Dahmer, Monster, The Jeffrey Dahmer Story. Best Performance by an Actress in a Limited Series or Motion Picture Made for Television, Amanda Seyfried, The Dropout. Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role in a Series, Limited Series, or Motion Picture Made for Television, Jennifer Coolidge, The White Lotus. Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a Series, Limited Series, or Motion Picture Made for Television, Paul Walter Hauser, Blackbird. 
Now, to move on to the Critics' Choice Awards, which aired January 15th, first up, Best Picture, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Best Actress, Kate Blanchett in Tar, Best Actor, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Best Director, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Best Limited Series, The Dropout, which aired on Hulu, Best Drama Series, Better Call Saul, on the AMC Network. Best Young Actor or Actress, Gabriel LaBelle, The Fablemans. Best Comedy, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Best Acting Ensemble, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Best Talk Show, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver on HBO. Best Comedy Special, Norman MacDonald, Nothing Special on Netflix. Best Foreign Language Series, Pinocchio on Apple TV+. Best Animated Series, Harley Quinn, HBO Max. Best Movie Made for Television, Weird, the Al Yankovic Story, on the Roku Channel. Best Actress in a Drama Series, Zendaya in Euphoria, on HBO. Best Actor in a Drama Series, Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul, on the AMC Network. Best Hair and Makeup, Elvis. Best Visual Effects, Avatar, The Way of Water. Best Editing, Paul Rogers, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Best Production Design, Florence Martin and Anthony Carlino in Babylon. Best Cinematography, Claudio Miranda in Top Gun Maverick. Best Comedy Series, Abbott Elementary on ABC. Best Actress in a Comedy Series, Jean Smart in Hacks on HBO Max. Best Actor in a Comedy Series, Jeremy Allen White, The Bear on FX. Best Animated Feature, Guillermo del Toro, Pinocchio, on Netflix. Best Actor in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television, Daniel Radcliffe, Weird, The Al Yankovic Story, The Roku Channel. Best Costume Designer, Ruth E. Carter, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Best Song, Natu Natu, RRR. Best Score, Hildur Gudentotter, Intar. Best Original Screenplay. Daniel Kwan, Daniel Schneider, in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Best Adapted Screenplay, Sarah Pauly, Women Talking. Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Best Supporting Actor, Kihu Kwan, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, Henry Winkler in Barry on HBO. Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Cheryl Lee Rolfe and Abbott Elementary on ABC. Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television, Paul Walter Hauser in Blackbird on Apple TV+. Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television, Nisi Nashbetz, Dahmer, Monster, The Jeffrey Dahmer Story on Netflix. Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series, Giancarlo Esposito, Better Call Saul on AMC. Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, Jennifer Coolidge, The White Lotus on HBO. Best Foreign Language Film, RRR. Best Actress in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television, Amanda Seyfried, The Dropout on Hulu. Thank you for listening, my friends. Let me know, did some of your favorite performances win a Golden Globe or a Critics' Choice Award? There were so many fabulous actors and directors. Did any of your favorites miss out? 
Let me know your thoughts and write or send a voice memo to filmfollowpodcast at gmail.com and I can feature you in an upcoming episode. Next week, I'll be talking about the Oscar nominations and the film The Pale Blue Eye, an 1830-period murder mystery drama out on Netflix with Christian Bale and Gillian Anderson. I look forward to chatting more very soon. Take care. (laughs) 